is Driving Opportunity, your company's real estate. Presented by CFO Intelligence with your host, Andrew Zizis. Expert guidance for CFOs on corporate real estate planning, portfolio optimization, global transactions, driving efficiencies and cost reduction, and more. And now, here's your host, Andrew Zizis. Hello, and welcome to Driving Opportunity, your company's real estate where we bring to middle market and enterprise company CFOs the insights and strategies to deploy their company's real estate to achieve increased operating efficiencies and flexibility and drive greater corporate profits. I'm your host, Andrew Zizis. Each week on Driving Opportunity, I'll share one idea, one thought, or one focus as part of an overall discussion about driving opportunity in your company's real estate. What's a commercial building worth? What's the value of a parcel of land? Of course, we all know that the answer to that question, those questions, will vary based upon the type and condition of the properties, whether they're located in Manhattan or Paris or Tokyo, and current market conditions. But my question is a deeper one. No, today's conversation is not about a lesson in appraising commercial property or about the art of negotiation. Sure, as CFO, through intelligent negotiation, you can achieve a higher value for your company's real estate when pursuing a sale. But don't you first need to understand the property's realistic value, given your objectives for determining that value, whether it be for a sale, continued use, a business liquidity event, or otherwise? So what's a property worth, and how can you determine its realistic value? Did you know that if you intend on selling a property, its value will be directly affected by the nature of the intended transaction. And by that, I mean who will buy the property and what their post-acquisition intentions are. Yes, there exist multiple values for the same property on the same day, given any set of conditions and taking into account relevant market conditions like supply and demand. Here's what I mean. Let's assume that your company seeks to sell a building that it owns and that you have engaged a highly qualified broker or advisor to guide you through the valuation and sale process. Your advisor will gather all relevant intelligence and you both will agree on a target value of the property, preferred timing, terms of a sale transaction, terms of a preferred transaction, and you'll direct your advisor to engage the market and secure qualified buyers. That's all normal. On a particular day, your advisor presents your company's property to three prospective buyers, representatives from an occupant company, a company that plans to purchase and occupy your property in which it will make, let's say, widgets, an investment company that plans to polish up your property, make some adjustments and upgrades, and lease it to third-party tenants, and third, a developer who plans to demolish your building and develop it for some alternate use, say condos, a hotel, or something entirely different than its current purpose. Let's also assume that all three prospective purchasers are also well represented by qualified advisors, that you have provided them all with the same info, and that all three accurately understand current market conditions, supply and demand, and otherwise. In all three cases, you're dealing with savvy purchasers, each of whom fully understand value, each of whom wish to purchase your property for an entirely different purpose, and each of whom has a different set of criteria that will affect their opinion of the viable value of your company's property. The occupant will view your property based on its functional utility, 
the property's ability to support the occupant's operational objectives efficiently and do so in a manner that'll promote that company's success and financial objectives in making widgets. The occupant will seek to make some improvements to the property, move in as quickly as possible, and get to work making widgets. The investor will consider the appeal of the property to third-party tenants, will invest in cosmetic and functional upgrades, and perhaps amenities like fitness centers, conference facilities, restaurants, and more that will attract third-party tenants, minimize downtime, and achieve high rental rates. The investor will have to factor into its purchase price the cost of capital upgrades, costs associated with marketing promotion, tenant allowances, broker commissions, free rent, legal fees, carrying costs while seeking to secure tenants, such as taxes, insurance, utilities, and more. The cost that would be borne by the occupant, buyer, and investor will likely be quite different depending upon many factors. Now, the third buyer, the developer, remember, that's the company that plans to demolish your building, will view the current building as merely being in the way of what that company plans to develop. So the developer will factor into its purchase price costs associated with demolishing the building, carting it away, and dumping the debris, all of which could be significant, securing government approvals and entitlements, carrying the property during what could be a long time to secure those approvals, cost of constructing a new building, marketing and promotion, interior improvements, perhaps even furnishings, broker commissions, free rent, legal fees, post-construction carrying costs while seeking to secure tenants or buyers, such as taxes, insurance, utilities, and more. So all three very sophisticated and well-advised buyers considering purchasing your company's property, the same property on the same day, having access to the same information, can be expected to have very different opinions of your property's value based entirely on what they intend to do with the property after they buy it. As a seller, you should also note that with each of these prospective buyers comes a separate risk profile. That's right, investors and developers tend to be more contingent in their buying decisions, given that the purpose of their investments in your property will be as a means of achieving ROI directly from the property and will take time to accomplish that. The developer's offer will likely include conditions that it would not close on the purchase until and unless it received government approvals and entitlements to redevelop the property as intended. That could take a long time, measured in months or years and the developer could fail in achieving those entitlements, market demand could change, and the developer might elect not to close on the sale of your company's property. Well, by now you're probably asking, with all the additional risk, why would we sell to a developer? I'm not suggesting that you would, but depending upon multiple factors, your property may be obsolete from a functional perspective and may not be of interest to occupants or investors. Or perhaps market conditions are such that developers will pay a higher price for your property, albeit with risk-based conditions. There isn't just a single answer here, but only the right one for your company and your property. So I just reviewed three very different ways to value your company's property. But that was only regarding a possible sale. Did you know that there are actually 13 ways to establish a value for a building or parcel of land, including the three we just discussed? And like the case of the occupant, the investor, and the developer, all having very different opinions of your property's value, the other 10 methods of valuation also depend on the purpose of the valuation and the intended ongoing use of the property. To state the obvious, every method of commercial real estate valuation or monetization is affected in one way or another 
by multiple factors, including economic conditions, business and consumer sentiment, supply and demand, and much more. And each alternative value should be reviewed in the context of time, risk, cost, resources, effort required, and additional considerations. I hope that these insights will be of help to you as CFO in determining how to proceed in valuing or monetizing your company's commercial real estate. If you'd like to learn more or receive a list of the 13 ways to monetize or value commercial real estate, email me at andrew.zezas at cfointel with two L's.com. Tune in next week when I'll share my views on the myth that a company will be able to rely on the sale leaseback of its commercial real estate if in the future that company experiences financial challenges. Thanks for watching. This is Andrew Zizas for CFO Intelligence and for driving opportunity, your company's real estate. We'll see you again. Thanks for joining us on Driving Opportunity, Your Company's Real Estate, presented by CFO Intelligence with your host, Andrew Zizas. If you have questions about how best to optimize your company's real estate, email Andrew at andrew.zezas at cfointell.com. If how you serve your company and your career would be enhanced by connecting with peer CFOs from around the country, Visit CFOintel.com to explore the benefits of becoming a CFO Intelligence member. While you are there, subscribe to CFO Intelligence Magazine, take the CFO Business Sentiment Survey, arrange to attend exclusive CFO events, and explore our other CFO-focused podcast series, CFOs in Motion and CFO Career Accelerator. That website again is CFOintel.com, C-F-O-I-N-T-E-L-L.com. Remember to subscribe to this podcast series on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. This has been Driving Opportunity, your company's real estate, presented by CFO Intelligence with your host, Andrew Zizes. We'll see you next time. The opinions and views presented on this podcast by Andrew Zizes are his own and may not be relied upon as fact. The opinions and views of others who appear on this show are their own as well and may not be relied upon as fact or for any other purpose. Opinions and views and other information are provided for general information and educational purposes only.